Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We're here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Eleni Vlami. Um, she is the Head of Account Management at Maniga. She was named in the Innovate Finance globally acclaimed Women in Fintech Power List. She's also been nominated for the Rising Stars category for Waters Technologies Women in Tech and Data Awards. She's a mentor on Women in Banking and Finance and their mentoring program and a business mentor in Reload Greece, a program very close to her heart and her heritage. And Reload Greece is the hub of youth entrepreneurship in London today. She's got more than 15 years experience working with the big corporates, as well as fintech startups around Europe. And here she is today to share her story. So after that massive introduction, Eleni, thank you so much for joining us. How are thank you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the lovely introduction. It, it does sound weird when you hear about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Thanks can imagine, especially a long one like that. I had to take a deep breath at the start. So I'm really happy to have you here today. I think it'd be lovely to hear at first exactly uh, what your company does, mm -hmm. um, so the audience can understand that. Sure. Uh, Manica is a software company. We're specializing in white-label digital banking solutions. So what our products do is enable banks and financial institutions to improve their online and mobile digital channels. Uh, we have been supporting financial institutions around the world for uh, almost 10 years now. Wow. So Manica was founded in Iceland uh, almost, it feels like yesterday, but we've been around for 10 <laughs> yeah. years. Uh, what we do is uh, we help the banks personalize their digital customer experience, increase their engagement and create new business modules through innovative uh, solutions. Um, our clients are mostly medium to large banks and financial yeah. institutions. So besides banking, we work with insurance companies, consumer organizations, telcos and uh, mm. others. 80-85% of them are in Europe, uh, but we are also having uh, customers in India, Southeast Asia, South Africa and uh, soon in Australia. So that requires a lot of traveling. Wow, <laughs> so that's a big global reach. Yes, uh, uh, some just name dropping uh, so people can understand the, the level of communication when it comes to our uh, uh, customer base is Santander Group, Unicredit, Swedbank, UOB, Mbank, Intesa and uh, others. Mm. So yeah, quite so a really big reach. Yes. <laughs> um, so look, tell us a little bit about your journey um, to this uh, so, as, as we said, the company was founded 10 years ago. I joined uh, our Stockholm office in Sweden, so the second office mm -hmm. that the company had in 2012. Nice. So I joined the sales uh, team as a sales director over there. Uh, after a few years, we grew a lot. We grew a lot both in resources but also in customer base. So our executive management decided that we need to move uh, and open a new office after Reykjavik and uh, Stockholm to London. So in 2015, uh, we opened an office here and I was asked to move from Stockholm here to support mm -hmm. uh, the new opening. But also at the same time, because our customer base grew a lot, uh, we decided that we need to, besides the sales team, we need somebody to take care of existing customers. So this is uh, when we uh, founded the account management department, which I've been leading for the last five years now. So what we do now 
is that we are taking care of and nurturing the uh, relationship and engagement with existing customers and we're basically trying to improve the collaboration and be an ongoing partner to their innovation journey. Mm -hmm. So as I said, we are covering a lot of markets currently. Our team is covering 32 countries. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, a lot of mm. traveling for myself and, and Yeah, you team. were saying that yes, earlier, yeah. you do quite a bit of traveling. Yes. But I think that's great that you're getting, um, you're getting so much face-to-face -face with, with your customers. It is, it's, it's mandatory. Uh, yeah. Of course, technology is improving. You yeah. can have a Skype call anytime you want, but uh, nothing can replace face-to-face. -face. Mm. And customers need to know you are there and you need to be there. Yeah. You need to update them, you need to talk to them, you need to listen mm. here and all that. So it is quite, uh, it is mandatory and it's, uh, I, I'm quite open when it comes to traveling with everybody who wants to join the team or everybody when we meet in conferences and they're always like, oh wow, you're traveling, that's awesome. Mm. No, <laughs> it is not. Yeah. You're not traveling for holidays, you're not traveling with your family, you're yeah. traveling for work. Yeah. So yes, it can be. It can be fun at some point, uh, but it is challenging. It is tiring, mm. uh, and you need to you need to balance out yeah. your <laughs> your expectations. But it's such a worthy sacrifice and investment that you. Yes. I think it says a lot about you and a lot about the company that this is how important um, customer personalization is. Exactly. Um, like you're really like you're walking the walk with that for sure, and and you're the one that's having to do all the yes. travel. <laughs> Um, so you've um, had quite a bit of experience working in Sweden um, and um, one of the things you said to me before we started recording was that you believe this was a great way to raise the bar of your expectations when it comes to diversity in the workplace. Um, and I know you're quite passionate about this <laughs> as well, so I'd love for you to share that with the audience. Uh, sure. Uh, as, as we mentioned, the company is Icelandic and uh, in Iceland uh, laws are guaranteeing that women and men that have the same qualification, mm. they are actually having the same salary. Mm. And this is strictly uh, enforced. Mm -hmm. uh, during my work, uh, working experience in Sweden, uh, when we were discussing things and topics like diversity and inclusion, there is no issue because these things are taking uh, take it for granted, uh, mm. which is which is nice. But uh, at the same time, there are processes that guard these standards. Even in our industry, in fintech industry, where 85% is male dominated, but uh, then you get spoiled. You get spoiled to work in uh, Scandinavia, you get spoiled in working in a company that has Icelandic standards. So when we moved uh, and opened the office here in London, one of the first questions we were getting when we were recruiting uh, resources here was what is the gender pay gap in salaries? And we were saying zero. And people were just looking at us, clearly not believing what we were mm. saying. And yes, we were discussing it? internally that uh, we are here to set a standard and help uh, and support that we can actually improve the situation in London based on the fact that we are coming uh, in mm -hmm. from uh, Scandinavian standards. So we are we are really uh, big advocates when it comes to that. Mm. Hopefully, we will make some change uh, moving on. Well, I just I just love that if that is your bar and that's your understanding, and I love how how you come over here and you just think, well, this this is crazy. Why is it why is it not the same? And if you're from that standpoint. Anything less won't be good enough, which I want everyone to be yeah. at that standpoint. At the same time, though, to take things you know, into perspective, we started as a startup, which means that things are quite easier when you begin. Mm -hmm. As long mm -hmm. as you have the energy and you have the passion, then you can implement things because mm. it's you and your founders who are making the change, basically. So it was easy at the beginning to mm. set the right standards. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that you have the experience with recruitment and 
in big companies it's not that easy yeah. when there are the standards are already mm. in a different <laughs> in the different yes I, I meet a lot of companies and they ask uh, so I've got a number of programs that I take companies through in terms of changing the standards and mm -hmm. changing the expectations and changing the beliefs and you're absolutely right if you're doing it from day dot yeah. you can build a beautiful foundation but if you're actually looking to disturb the foundations it can be can be a little bit more challenging. Not impossible, yeah, but yeah, challenging. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say that you've implemented at Manigo? So yeah, as, as we said, um, the company started uh, in Iceland and at the beginning it was the three founders and the few employees. Mm. So setting standards from the beginning was quite easier. But at the same time, uh, we grew fast uh, and we grew smart. So when we start changing the setups and having more resources, being in more countries, being in more offices, it does require a lot of homework before entering a new market. So when we moved to London, there was a lot of work and energy and time put into seeing what the processes here are, what the standards in salaries, what the maternity and paternity leave is. And although we are trying to maintain a similar aspect in all locations, there are many things that need to be taken uh, for mm -hmm. granted, like the local culture, things that they are doing differently in every country. And of course, I'm not an HR expert. We have uh, our lovely HR team in, uh, in Iceland to take care of this. But there's always an ongoing project where we start before we even think of moving in a country, mm -hmm. which uh, is, is always the way to go. Uh, it's Finding a solution to make a workplace fairer, is, it doesn't have to be very difficult. So we start with small things in Maniga as well. So, for example, we have a standard when it comes to uh, business meetings. We have a soft stop at 4 o'clock in all offices. Right. It's not 100%, but we try to have it as a process. The reason why is that we don't, unfortunately, stop working at 4 but people can leave the office at four and go pick up their children. They mm -hmm. can go home, they can make dinner, they can mm -hmm. help them with the homework, they can stay with them. And then when everything is family related, almost done, they will be online and they will start answering emails mm -hmm. later on. But at least we all know that if we have a customer facing uh, meeting or if we have a call, we can stop at, stop at four because people have other very mm -hmm. important things to attend to. So that's a very simple step that yeah. works uh, in all our seven currently uh, office location. Another thing that we have and that's based uh, on our HR but also on our marketing team is also a very simple measure that we count how many men and how many women are attending conferences and events. It's very simple as that, we count. Very so we have a list Good, yeah. and we say that from our sales team or from our marketing team or from our developers, that amount of women, that amount of men, so we keep the balance there. Mm -hmm. And that's not only in attendees, that's also in people from the company being keynote speaker or attending mm -hmm. panels, mm -hmm. anything related to conferences. We also stopped as a process uh, we've implemented uh, two or three years ago, I think. We stopped attending conferences that uh, they only have male speakers or male panelists. Wow, and, uh, good for yes, you. Yes. Okay. And uh, our marketing team is uh, serving the feedback, it's sending an email explaining why we're declining the invitation and putting the reason why that I mean that is putting your money where your mouth is, isn't it? Yes, which is it's very it is practical and it feels really good that we are actually making a change by giving feedback to the rest of the industry that we mm. are trying to have a diverse audience, we are trying to have a diverse people attending on our side, you need to do the same on your yeah. side. 
So these are some things that we have uh, on top of my head coming in, in the company. Uh, again, uh, I know it's, it maybe doesn't make a huge difference, maybe it does, but you need to start from somewhere. And talking about diversity, me and you in a room doesn't help. We mm. need to just be able to make some rules, some ground rules, and be able to talk about this openly. Mm. Mm. And I think it's so important that um, when, we, when we finish this podcast, I will, I will do a post and say that you were here today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you, you guys at Maniga, you do not attend conferences if it's all male panels. And I think, imagine how many people will read that and see that and think, oh, I better make a change to my conference that I'm organizing right now. It is, it does. It's so It important. does make a, a difference. And we do this in our internal conferences as well. We have our customer conference every two years. We call it Fin42. Uh, we were actually having a meeting yesterday with our CMO and our marketing team about this. And we start lining up speakers. And uh, our marketing team was the first to say that we need to uh, wait, guys, balance. Let's count. And I was like, okay. So it, it doesn't come just for me being an advocate. It comes from all the people mm. in the marketing team, which is an amazing place to be, trust me. Yeah, it yeah. makes a difference. Well, it definitely sounds so. Um, now, you've been nominated for a number of awards um, and made the Innovate Finance uh, Power List um, yes. for your work in fintech um, and how you've promoted equality across the industry. Can you share a few of these experiences? Uh, sure, this is my bragging moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's an awesome feeling and yeah. uh, I want, I, I will be again open and honest on this one. Of course, I do what I do because I believe in it, but it does contain a tremendous amount of joy when you get nominated mm. or when you are part of a power list then it's it's a really honorable place to be and it helps it helps a lot uh, mm. because as we said previously before we start recording uh, our industry is small and we're not many women that are trying to set an example and mm. if you are nominated for a list or for an award you get to know so many great individuals that are doing so much better work than I do in empowering women and because you are part of these nominations you get to know each other and mm. you get to network with people like like you. I would never have met you if I was not in the power list yeah. because these things are triggering people to have a conversation and it's, it's, it's this networking moment uh, that you can actually meet people and leverage your abilities, share your knowledge, talk with each other, helps a lot at least for me as an individual mm. to grow even further. Yeah, I, I think um, Innovate Finance is doing such a, a good job at that networking piece. Like if you think even five years ago, I think they started the power list four years ago, but yeah. five years ago, you know, the amount of networking I personally w was involved in compared to what I am now, it's huge, hugely different. Yes. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people say the same, and I think Innovate Finance have done a really good job. Um, now, you're also uh, very passionate about giving back. Um, you've got a number of ment mentorship schemes, and yes. I'm, I'm very passionate about mentoring as well. So can you share some of that with us, please? Uh, sure. Uh, that starts way back on the way that I was raised and how I grew up. So initially, I'm from Greece. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was seven years old, I started playing basketball. Which oh, did you? Yes. And I played basketball for many years uh, oh, growing amazing. up. Yes, but We've uh, got a basketball hoop in our office. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll test that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, what I'm trying to say is that from a very early age, I started being part of a team. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing how important it is to have a coach. So having somebody who is actually going to help you improve. And I was used to that. I, yeah. I loved it. 
so collaborating in a team and having somebody guiding you and telling you how you can be better, these are for me lifelong learning skills mm. that you are not going to learn at school. Mm. You will need to be part of a team and sports was something that helped me a lot with that. In my professional life, moving on, I had a lot of mentors. Uh, mm. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. So some of them helped a lot, some of them just created some friction. Uh, but at the same time, they helped me learn what to take from each individual and mm. how I can work with people that sometimes I don't click that well. But as part of every relationship in life, you mm. need to have the right chemistry. And uh, I started being a mentor a few years ago. I was back in Stockholm uh, when I started my first mentoring schemes. And the reason why was because mentoring doesn't only help if you are a mentor or if you are a mentee, it helps both ways. So I take so much from these people when I'm mentoring them. I'm even feeling that I'm getting more being in a room with those young people and get their energy and the passion to make a change. For me, it's just unbelievable. It's inspiring. Yes, it? it's just the fact that mm. you, I honestly believe I get more from them than they get from me. Uh, and if you want to grow as a professional or as a character, as a person, you need to give back and yeah. you also need to learn how it is to sit in a room and listen which sometimes we don't uh, we just are crazy working around 10 12 hours a yeah. day and then you just you need to catch your breath and you mm. need to sit back and listen because other people that are coming now in the industry have so much idea and so much thought process behind this Absolutely, that it's just so nice yeah. to just sit uh, sit back and listen uh, so now, I, yes, I'm uh, mentoring in actually two schemas uh, currently. I'm in women in uh, banking and finance, and I'm also in Reload Greece, uh, which is the first one is for um, helping individuals putting down some goals and helping them, supporting them to achieve them. With Reload Greece, is focusing on uh, entrepreneurs in, uh, in London. It's a, it's a program that I'm really passionate about because it has a connection with back home. Because yeah. uh, most of the companies that uh, are uh, in, this, uh, in this program, they're trying to give back uh, in our country. So try right. and wake up <laughs> the startup industry mm -hmm. in Greece, which is, uh, which is nice. We see a lot of change happening back home after the crisis in 2008. Mm. So it's, uh, it's a connection that I feel uh, yes, really close to my heart. Of course, I'm... Uh, Growing up in Greece, I left in 2008 when the crisis hit and I started working for an Icelandic company which they had crisis in the same year with Greece, mm. so it's quite, uh, yeah, quite interesting. interesting to see. Yeah, very interesting. So what's next on the horizon for you? Yes, this is New Year's resolution, right? <laughs> I should go to the gym more often. <laughs> this, this will never happen. Uh, but <laughs> sure. uh, next in the horizon, yes, we have our Maniga Customer Conference, uh, which uh, I, I mentioned already. We call it Fin42. We do this mm -hmm. every two years. Mm -hmm. uh, this year is going to be 17th and 18th of November in, uh, in Iceland. Uh, it's going to be our biggest one. Uh, so That's we are on my birthday, 17th of November. Okay, yeah. so it's a lucky day. Yes, yeah, uh, we've decided day. to do it two days instead of one uh, because of previous success, and we want to wow, have. Wow, that uh, says a lot. That we had too many speakers last well, year. That's <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations. So, uh, thank you. So instead of uh, reducing our rock stars, we are just deciding to have it in two days and have uh, keynote speakers uh, from other fintechs or banks or customers the first day. And then the second day, we're going to have uh, our colleagues from Manega and our partners showcasing uh, innovation and new ideas and then allow all our partners and clients and uh, friends 
and um, fintech gurus, as we call them, to just network for uh, the second day. So we are, yeah, we're really excited about this. Well, that's great. I think we'll, we'll put that on the post as well, yes, so that we everyone everyone knows about it. Thank you. Um, so, so look, I've got to say thank you so much for being so open and being so you in today's podcast. I've really enjoyed learning about you, about Maniga, and I think that the audience will really love to hear the the actual actions that you and your company are putting in place. Yes. And you as an individual, really living and breathing the values that you hold dear. And all those 32 countries that get to see you every single week, month, yes. year. <laughs> um, and, um, and it's great to hear about your conference um, in November. So we'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a note to that on the podcast as well. Sounds Thank great. you everybody for listening and tuning in. Um, and we will make sure that you tune back in next week with a new person for our Women of FinTech podcast series. Thank you very much, Lenny. Thank you. Thank you so much.